I'm glad we're doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. My mom always said that I had a face for radio. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So what, um, what are we talking about today? I think today we're talking about chickens, right? Yes, we're going back to our old trusty. Our old trusty. It's hard. It's hard to find anything more reliable in terms of the homesteading world. I think, right? Yeah, chickens are reliable. They are a staple of any homestead, any farm. The they're, gateway drug to homesteading. That's what they they're say. They're a gateway. They're very. Uh, they're very durable. They're a mm -hmm. durable animal. Mm -hmm. You do have to feed them. You do have to give them water. Mm -hmm. But other than that, well, and shelter, I guess. But yeah. other than that, uh, yeah, they don't they don't need a whole lot of attention. So I think a lot of people are intimidated when they think about getting chickens, and uh, I think a lot of people once they actually get them are really surprised at how easy they are to take care of I would say they're probably easier than most pets right like dogs cats gerbils that kind of thing yeah a lot easier mm -hmm. I guess I guess it's easy for me to say that because I've kind of outsourced all the chicken care to you these days <laughs> that's true <laughs> I was going to title this podcast, uh, we're getting rid of all of our chickens. <laughs> so what is the first thing people should know who don't have chickens? What's the first thing that they should know? Mm. I think, I guess I'm just going to speak from a place of experience. I guess what I wish I had known. Um, probably the main thing I wish I had known is that <laughs> they're addicting and that while when I first ordered chickens, I thought that it was going to be like I order my chickens and and then I raise them and that those are my chickens. What I didn't realize was that it's actually more of like a spring tradition to order chickens every single year. And so I kind of wish that I would have maybe not ordered so many the first time. You ordered 12. I ordered, I ordered 10, and they gave us 12, mm. which is not uncommon, by the way. So so we started out with 12, and I think kind of the sweet spot for adding to our flock every year, which is just like, I don't know, right now we have 20, right? Um, 18 plus, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we're kind of taking care of our neighbor's chickens. <clears throat> But okay, so other than that, they're addicting. What what does somebody that lives in a suburban lot or in a city lot, um, kind of like we did, what do they need to know first? I think the hardest part is raising the chicks. So I would encourage people to do a lot of research on the actual chicks because I think a lot of people don't understand the temperature they need and the kind of feed they need and and kind of the transitional period between chicks and living outside. But um, I think chickens themselves are a lot easier. And in fact, I would kind of encourage people not to shy away from buying adult chickens. I think a lot of people overlook that possibility. Yeah, so where where can people find adult chickens if they wanted to do that? Because the chicken, the 
the raising them from chicks is kind of a whole another game. You need more equipment, you need special food, you need special uh, stuff to give them for their diet, the rocks. Mm. Um, the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> the called. pebbles. Yeah. The grit. He's referring to grit, I think. The grit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The grit. Um, so they need a whole bunch of specialty stuff just for chicks, which is only a couple of months of their life. But then, you know, you need, once they move out, they need a coop. Mm-hmm. You need waterers, feeders, uh, food for their adult life and stuff like that. So what about, where do you find adult chicks mm. chickens i think the best resource uh is for me was local chicken groups on what on facebook at the time which i no longer have so i know a lot of people have kind of moved off of facebook so that's not an option for everybody yeah so i guess facebook is a good resource Facebook is that was a good local resource. So finding like people would say if they had chickens they were getting rid of or roosters especially. Um, or I know actually we sold two chickens. Remember that because we had so many in our little backyard flock. So um, that's how I find that's how I found who to sell them to. But outside of just local chicken groups, um, I found a lot of really good resources on backyardchickens.com. Basically, before I got chickens, I just scoured and scoured that website for weeks, just figuring out everything I could. But it's just a forum and you can, you know, post questions and other people can answer. And the cool part, I think there are a lot of there's a lot of disagreement in the chicken care world. So some people will say one thing and other people will say the exact opposite. So that way, if you post like on a forum you can get a lot of different opinions whereas i get a lot of people dm me questions about chickens and i'm always more than happy to answer the ones that i can but the true but the reality is that most of the time i just don't know the answers because i i just don't have as much experience as you know 50 people combined would have a lot more experience than me so anyways backyardchickens.com is another good one that's good for anybody escaping Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of why, yeah, I, I just got fed up with the drama on the local Facebook page. It just... Yeah, chicken ladies are nuts. <laughs> yup, and you married one. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> they're very passionate people, which is good. That's good. You want people to be passionate about this sorts of thing, right? Yeah. It, you're, it's not just like you're raising chickens, right? They are a life. Yeah. And you have to take care of them. So yeah. it's good to see people passionate and uh, and put so much effort into this sort of thing, right? For sure. Um, so going back quick to what people should know before they get chickens, um, what about local ordinances mm. and stuff like that? Because that was <laughs> that's crazy for us. I mean, we moved out of a major metropolitan area that allowed up mm-hmm. to i think two or three chickens in a backyard mm-hmm. and into a suburban area further out like 30 minutes outside of this metropolitan area which is more rural and you weren't allowed to own chickens no and i wouldn't even i would even say not suburban i would say like small town like even the suburban yeah, areas town. were more progressive right. not that and so take take i guess uh depending on where you live, take the ordinances 
with a grain of salt (laughs) because (laughs) there were so many yeah so many people uh had chickens where we were yeah and the cop the police drove by all the time Mm -hmm. they saw our chickens (laughs) the first time the police drove by and our chickens were out in the yard i panicked yeah kathleen freaked (laughs) she is she is a law-abiding citizen (laughs) okay for the record we're not condoning i think they have a word for them they call them stealth chickens stealth chickens <laughs> That's yeah. what they call them on the forums we're not we're not condoning it uh we're just telling our story anyways <clears throat> i will say we're, we're not condoning it <laughs> i would encourage <laughs> you make your decisions we're not liable for your decisions. yeah you make your own decisions whatever you want to do but <laughs> if we're talking about <clears throat> starting a homestead and you I mean obviously nobody is starting off like renting an apartment one day and buying 60 acres the next and able to do all these sorts of things yeah and I mean small steps is because there's a such a high learning curve with mm-hmm. everything that goes into getting being self sufficient right there's so much stuff like you have to take it in baby steps so yeah. us doing this on a third of an acre and having way more chickens than we probably could have oh yeah i mean they were all healthy they were all yeah, healthy no, and happy good. but i mean so i mean we i would say that was a large step yeah what getting chickens getting 10 or 12 right yeah. Off oh yeah 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 like, for sure it. but like yeah. if you if you have a, a small lot like we did mm-hmm. start with a couple obviously don't get one because yeah. they are flock creatures flock is family yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> If you want to see that on a shirt or a bumper yeah, shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and actually, actually, I would add to what's been really interesting as we add chicks every year. Now we add kind of like forest chicks every year. It's amazing how attached they get to their little posses, right? Like they... Yeah, so each group that we bought have, have been a clique of their own. Like the first group... They were, they were all, you spent so much time with each one that they are so friendly with every single person. Mm-hmm. They're not aggressive. And then the second group you didn't spend time with and mm-hmm. they were scared of everybody and anything. Yeah. And then the third, yeah. But then each group stayed together. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not like intermingle very much except mm-hmm. the first and the second are kind of like one group now, but yeah. the third and now the rooster and his two girls are like <laughs> he's like yeah they are like attached it's so sweet yeah so that that's kind of interesting to know um so that's why if if you do add your flock don't add just one always put them in always buy in a group if you if you can absolutely yeah and i think that's one of the i guess challenges and why we ordered 10 right away was because we had them shipped and I didn't know at the time that that's kind of a a hot button kind of controversial thing. So um, I would encourage people to look into hatcheries and and chick shipping practices um, just just to be informed. I'm not going to 
you know, put my opinion out there. And frankly, I, it's, it's just a hard thing because chicks are hard to get a hold of. Um, you know, not everyone has local breeders or hatcheries. So anyways, look into it before you do it. Uh, long story short, one of the reasons that they, that you have to buy multiple when they're shipping is because they have to keep each other warm. So, uh, the, the first order that I made that was the minimum order was 10. So, and then they would always throw in a couple extra cause it's pretty standard for a couple to die along the way, which didn't happen for us. But um, anyways, so. Yeah, thankfully we, I mean, we're both kind of torn on mm -hmm. what to do with shipping chicks. We do have a local hatchery that we can get some from. We have tractor supply always stocks them, but everybody Everybody buys everything from Tractor Supply, and the like. If, if they do have specific breeds that you're looking for, they do kind of go pretty quick. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure those ones are just shipped there too. Well, yeah. yeah. So I I want and and this was not something that we could do at the suburban property because we could not have a rooster, and I wasn't about to uh, get a rooster and then try and find a home for it because it's so hard to find good homes for roosters. So. Um, now that we have more space and we can have more roosters, I would really like to try hatching chicks because, you know, you can order the eggs and then they're not traumatized. Yeah, probably a little more ethical. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're learning while you guys are learning too, so. Why did we first decide to get chickens? And yeah. not just decide to get chickens, but oh, yeah. decide <laughs> to get chickens in the middle of a house renovation. <laughs> Okay, so the funny part is when you're asking that question, I have this list of pros and cons for like getting chickens. And I just realized that when we first got chickens, none of these pros and cons were on our radar. So the real reason, just to show you guys how little I knew about chickens when we got them, I, we had Creeping Charlie, was it, in our yard? And for some reason, I was under this impression that the chickens would eat the Creeping Charlie and not the grass, and they would fix our lawn. Um, anybody who has chickens can laugh at that with us because chickens destroy absolutely everything. So the good news is the creeping Charlie, uh, was eaten back. The bad news is every blade of grass was too. So every blade of grass, <laughs> everything we planted, <laughs> the foundation by the house, they would like dig it oh up. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they do like to forage over just eating whatever food you give them. Mm -hmm. So you can fill their feeder up, but they will go to forage mm -hmm. or pasture. You know, they will free try range. to, yeah, they'll, thank you. They <laughs> will free range. Uh, yeah, they will free range everything they possibly can before they go and just eat some crumble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, the funny part too is they like to like destroy something just past the point that you can use it, you know? So it's, they'll like, not just take a few bites out of a tomato where you can cut it out and then use the rest of the tomato. They'll just like eat exactly 40% of it to the point where you're like, I can't have this anymore. But they'll do that to every tomato on the plant. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, there are some compelling reasons to keep chickens. Um, what's the first reason you can think of? None. <laughs> you guys can tell. You guys can probably tell who's chickens who's the chickens are mostly yeah no i think um obviously eggs we ate a lot of eggs when we first got them yeah when they started producing one every day we were eating 
six eggs a day. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we couldn't keep up. Mm -hmm. I mean, we gave them away. We froze them mm -hmm. in like a scramble mix. We made mm -hmm. different egg dishes. Um, so, like the prepping side, that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Other than that, what else do you have? Um, okay, so eggs. I, I guess we're approaching this from like a homesteading perspective, right? So, reasons you would want chickens on your homestead. Eggs are probably the most obvious reason. Uh, I would say just eggs for consumption because I'm not sure how successful like eggs for sale in terms of profit. We can go into that a little bit more in a bit, but um, it's a little harder to make a profit on eggs than I think a lot of people think. Um, another reason is obviously meat. So there are some breeds that are mainly for egg laying. There are other breeds that are basically entirely for meat. And there are some breeds that are good for both, which are called dual purpose birds. We have a few dual purpose birds, um, but we've we've never eaten any of our chickens. So we can't speak too much to that side of things. Yeah, in terms of um, eating them, I guess. I mean, so we haven't really done that yet. That's our next, our next step. I Not guess. these chickens. Obviously. No, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So these are Kathleen's pets, by the way. So everybody understands. Yeah. yeah. These are um, no eat chickens. They have <laughs> immunity. <laughs> Except in a dire situation, maybe. Yeah. But anyway. So not that we, we're against that. Right. Not that we're <laughs> disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> not that we're against it. I just have to know going into it. Like, you know, going into it when you get an animal as a baby, I have to know that I'm going to eat it to just have that emotional separation a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I didn't get that with these. Right. <laughs> so anyways, that's our that's our next venture is mm -hmm. trying uh, to raise meat birds, meat specific birds, right? Mm -hmm. And that is, um, they're probably the most economical way of raising your own meat, right? So I mean, yeah. for a few dollars, you can get, um, what, like thirty chickens? How much? How much is a, a what is the breed called? The Cornish cross are the yeah. most common meat birds. Like a cr Cornish cross, each chick is probably what less than a dollar. Yeah, I think I think they're around a dollar depending on where you get them. I think I think they're a little bit more now. I think now that they're in higher demand, I've heard that they're closer to like two dollars. But I've also heard that, like, if you get them on sale, they can be 50 cents. So, yeah. so anywhere from 50 cents to $2, then mm -hmm. you're looking at um, eight weeks, 12 weeks of feed. I think it's eight. Yeah, so eight weeks of feed. And if you're um, raising them on pasture and like, letting them free range a little bit, um, that's less feed that you have to buy. But that's also... I mean, eight weeks of feed is not mm -hmm. very much. Maybe like $150, $200 of feed. They eat a lot. Yeah, we don't... Oh, yeah, that's right. No, these yeah. guys eat a lot. So um, so anyways, I mean, it's not going to cost you very much to raise these. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have 30 chickens. Mm -hmm. You do one a week. Mm -hmm. It covers you for 30 weeks. Mm -hmm. We're going to try... Once we actually get moved out to our property, we're going to try, what, maybe like... 90 chickens over the year yeah so maybe three groups of 30 or two groups of 45 something like that mm -hmm. try to get enough chicken for like two a week we do eat a ton of chicken first off between yeah. just you and i but our other goal is also to try to get the dogs on like a raw food diet right right so giving giving them chicken um we're gonna have to try to find our own 
blend of food for them. Yeah, or at least supplementing their food. I've heard yeah, that like ro- like dogs' diets are really hard to kind of DIY. So we'll probably start by just maybe supplementing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But not just like chicken, but or chicken breast, chicken meat, or whatever. But you can um, make stock out of the bones. Make, mm-hmm. You know, you can do a, a whole lot of stuff yeah. with the chicken itself. Mm-hmm. All the the nasty stuff you can't that we won't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, we can give to pigs once we do that. Mm-hmm. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, so they're a really economical way to feed yourself and yeah. feed and supplement. Uh, your other animals mm-hmm. diet. And, yeah, kind of going off that um, one another point that I had is just the nutritional content that chicken is just such a, a clean source of protein and food and all right, so what's the next benefit of having chickens? So I guess another major benefit of keeping chickens on a homestead, especially from a sustainability or survivability perspective is that, they are really good at finding their own food if you are free-ranging your chickens. So obviously certain animals um, are going to graze more and certain animals are going to have really specific nutritional requirements. And the nice, things, the nice thing about chickens is that they're really good at knowing what they can and can't eat, first of all, which we didn't really talk about. Um, we've had we've, Some plants are poisonous to chickens and even like I used to try feeding them raw potatoes because I didn't know that that was poisonous to them and they never ate them. And it was just because they knew they shouldn't eat them. So anyways, chickens are really good at uh, kind of knowing what to eat and what not to eat. I think given that they have enough of what is good for them to eat, if you're starving your chickens, they'll probably try and eat that stuff and get themselves into trouble. But um, yeah, I think pretty low maintenance in the diet realm and then kind of on that note of survivability and sustainability um i would say they they have a really they're really good at sustaining their own population or even growing it right would you say the same um i guess so we don't really know i guess because this is our first year with a rooster yeah so i yeah i don't know anything about that well I guess the hard part is that in order for a chicken to hatch eggs and raise the babies, she has to go broody first. And if you don't, if you aren't familiar, going broody is basically where a hen just decides that she wants to raise a family and she'll sit on the nest and kind of act like a good mama hen. Um, And I guess part of the problem is if you're looking for survivability, um, certain breeds have kind of had that bred out of them because they've been bred to lay more eggs and not sit on them. So depending on why you're getting chickens, that might be something you want to consider. But I mean, in terms of, you know, obviously it's going to be a lot easier to just hatch more chicks than, you know, breed a cow or a goat. It's a lot quicker turnaround and they grow a lot faster. And um, I mean, the rooster seems... (laughs) Seems very happy to do his job. We didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next, the other benefit that I could think of is obviously their fertilizer, mm-hmm. right? They poop constantly, and it's good stuff. Not, but not only that. They, if you 
if you use one of the, the other methods for rotational grazing mm -hmm. with other animals, they'll spread the manure of other animals. Mm -hmm. So when they scratch, when they scratch around in, um, in cow or pig manure or anything like that, they're looking for bugs inside of that. Um, but they do a really good job of spreading that out. Yeah. And I can attest to this kind of we were Mowing trying to down on poop yeah we were trying to think of like funny chicken stories before this and man there's so many it's hard to remember them but one that just came to mind is uh we used to feed we still do we feed our chickens corn in the winter as kind of like an extra punch of calories it's supposed to warm them up a little bit and our dogs are very friendly with the chickens so they hang out with them and the dogs would help themselves with the corn on the ground which means that the corn would come out in their poop. <laughs> and so I just one day, I just remember walking outside and the chickens were just shredding this dog poop for the corn in it. <laughs> and they had done it to like all the rest in the yard. And <laughs> it's so disturbing. This yeah. is not something you want to see it's again. Not, uh, yeah. So don't rotational <laughs> graze with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have like a livestock guardian dog but yeah i don't know how much you can help but oh yeah no i can i can speak to that uh, effectiveness they're pretty good at it um do you have any more pros or are you gonna oh comment? i got pros got i got pros, pros. Uh, another pro is that they are pretty weather hardy and i i would say low maintenance i don't know i guess it depends on the breed but i think um we're in wisconsin so in people who are in our climate i think are always pretty worried before the first winter we were too um, did a lot of research and prepped as much as we could for them, but um, surprisingly, we've had what three winters with them now. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, they are very hardy, and uh, you just want to keep them dry. And they're pretty good at keeping themselves warm if you provide them with the right stuff. So um, I would say they're pretty weather hardy. I've heard that heat is more of a danger to chickens than cold is, but in in our climate. Um, we've been very impressed with how they've taken care of themselves and they we, we always kind of give them the option to come outside of their coop or not even during very cold spells but um, even in single digits they always prefer to hang out outside so they're pretty hard yeah, they do well in the cold um, the one thing that you have to make sure of which is always really hard to balance but in your coop you need ventilation but you also need to block the wind so keeping the vents up high in the coop is how you do that but um yeah i don't know just getting enough ventilation is really hard it's a really hard thing to balance with keeping the wind out yeah uh, you can always tell if there's not enough ventilation if you go in your coop and it starts smelling like ammonia mm -hmm. um that can also that's that's from uh their uh, poop and urine just building up in that coop and it's not the gas isn't escaping mm -hmm. um, So that's one thing that's really hard to balance um, I will say too with the cold we had we had one really cold um, Storm that came through and Kathleen <laughs> had to bring them inside <laughs> So she bought a like 10 person tent and set it up in our basement <laughs> And then spread shavings everywhere. <laughs> they were so cozy. Yeah, they they were worried, but 
warm. Well, relatively. The only reason I could get away with that is because our basement really was very cold. It wasn't heated very well, so it was like maybe 50 degrees down there. Yeah. And you actually don't want to bring them inside into like a fully heated area if there's a cold snap like that. Because it was negative 30 without wind chill. It was wild. Um, and if we were to bring them inside and then they would acclimate to, you know, 68 degrees and then throw them back out in a single digits, that can actually be a really big problem. So the basement worked well. In my defense, and that was another hot hot button issue in the Facebook groups because <laughs> some people kept their chickens out in that cold snap and some people kept them in. Um, we actually had a few people show pictures of their chickens they didn't die during the cold snap, but what happened was they got sick during that time and then they ended up passing away over the next few weeks. A lot of people lost chickens who had kept their chickens outside. So, um, and I also read an article that it was something like 25 to 30% of the bird population, like the wild bird population hmm. died. So That's crazy. yeah, I think you got to use your best judgment. I, I don't regret bringing them inside. I think it was absolutely the right move. Um, it was just a little yeah. extreme. Obviously, we're not raising meat birds mm -hmm. in the winter, so that's right. not really a problem. Only for egg layers that we keep throughout the winter, um, and we'll have at the next property. We'll have a barn and hopefully a little bit of heat or something to keep them warm through stuff like that. But our winters have been pretty mild the past couple of years. So, yeah, they have. Um, I think I think the other thing that was an issue that w which was why we struggled a little bit with keeping them. I mean, we didn't struggle. Our, all our chickens were fine, you know, outside of that cold snap. Um, but I, I think we had probably more chickens for that coop than we was necessarily the best. I don't think yeah. it was it was definitely not like a crowding situation but if you've watched our youtube channel you know that we use the deep litter method in that coop so uh it, it's really important to have the right balance of chickens to square footage and just because they weren't free-ranging most of the time they were spending a lot more time in the coop and creating a lot more poop so it was a little harder to balance yeah all right so what about some cons wait i have two more pros okay <laughs> they're they're the best i actually i don't know if anyone's ever done this shoot us a message if you have i'm kind of curious if you can use their feathers for anything so if you are harvesting birds if you can like i don't know if you can harvest their down feathers or not so that's one question that i had i've never seen that anywhere on youtube or any <sighs> but i mean if you're any. desperate enough like they're People there mostly feed them to pigs that's, yeah. that's the only way all right all right that was probably a stretch stretch on my part but um i i think one last benefit is that they are pretty solid social and comedic relief so like i think a lot of people are surprised to find how social they are right they're really if you socialize them. <laughs> if you socialize yeah yeah that's true i think chickens are funny because we're so used to pets being like cuddlers like cats and dogs and I, I know some people have cuddly chickens. I've never had one, but um, they really do love to be around people. If you have chickens, you've tripped over them before because they love to follow you around and be underfoot. So, um, you know, I think and on a homestead, that's just kind of, they're kind of whimsical and fun. So yeah, that counts, if right? nothing else. If nothing else. They are so solid. Okay, now we can go to the cons. All right, what's your, what's your first one? Um, first one I have is kind of what we talked about a little bit, that they are garden and lawn destroyers. They are extremely talented at... Yeah, yeah, so much 
money spent <laughs> on plants that never made it. That's actually Vegetables so true. Vegetables and fruit and berries. That's why the chicks are like $2. Because yeah. if you actually knew what they cost in destruction when you bought them, people would never buy them. Right. So just like any other animal, they will eat. Mm-hmm. They will eat themselves out of house and home <laughs> if they're not moved, if they're not um, given more options, right? So mm-hmm. we had a pretty small yard that they just breeze through, right? Yeah. In one summer, they, they, <laughs> just everything's gone, the grass, everything. So um, it's really important to uh, either plant something that they can destroy mm-hmm. or, I don't know. Contain them. Yeah, contain them. So, I mean, we weren't able to do that on on a third of an acre. We could have probably maybe done that on the outside of the fence with some sort of electric netting or something like that. But, again, Kathleen yeah. was still worried about the cops busting down the door and cops <laughs> getting all of her chickens. So Especially when really, they would squeeze through that fence and, like, yeah. run along the street. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that... Yeah, so that really wasn't possible for us then. Um, with this new property on 20 acres, we're going to be able to rotate them mm-hmm. all the time. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that for them. We'll have like a, a pasture just for that for the egg layers. But mm-hmm. then the the meat birds themselves will be constantly rotated mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think we actually did a pretty good job. The last season that we were at that house, we we had them contained, and then we had like kind of a thick layer of mulch in. You remember that in that whole area? And oh yeah, no, there was a ton of mulch back there. So they, yeah. I mean they they scrape around and dig kind of in that. Yeah, that did a really good job of of kind of yeah containing their waste, and that yeah, I think that was the best solution we had. That was after enough fights that it was either like contain the chickens like pay for containing them or pay for marriage counseling because i was <laughs> always in so much trouble for what the chickens were destroying yeah. <laughs> when you pay like 50 dollars for a blackberry bush <laughs> oh my gosh that was their favorite spot to scratch yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> the blackberry bush never sprouted more than like two leaves yeah <laughs> and then it died yeah <laughs> We'll have a better solution next time. Yeah, it, it was it was a small small or space. Or they'll be eaten. Okay. Yes. That. Oh man, those chickens have no idea how many times I've stuck up for them. Um, another downside of chickens is that they're highly susceptible to predators. Very susceptible. Yeah. Yes. So they need cover and concealment. Yeah. Sort of. What? Yeah, they do. Well, so I think. Why this is a con for chicken specifically is that they, you you have to deal with air predators in addition to ground predators. So, right, yeah. Whereas goats normally, you know, you'd probably just worry about coyotes and stuff. Um, oh yeah, the, you got air predators, you got raccoons, possums supposedly. So why I say sort of is because I think what we're gonna try and do is have the electric netting that we're gonna migrate, right? But then they will have some shelter in there, but also we're gonna try the rooster guard goose thing where supposedly yeah. they'll keep the air predators away. Yes, yeah, so there's there's a lot of different methods mm-hmm. on how to protect them. Obviously, they, they need something to block 
um, them from view from the sky mm-hmm. from air predators. So mm-hmm. some kind of um, Chickshaw like uh, what's his name? Justin Rhodes. Yeah, Justin Rhodes. <laughs> um, a lot of other people have um, a ton of different like chicken carts that they move around for their meat birds and stuff. Um, those are all really good ways to give them cover. Um, but they also need something on the ground and we do have a roll of premier one electric netting that I bought Um, we haven't set it up yet Mm -hmm. we're gonna try it this weekend Mm -hmm. Um, in some just doing some like preliminary testing but that electric netting is nice because predators can't get close enough to it, mm-hmm. or they can, but they'll get shocked. But they can't get close enough to it to try to then dig under, like directly under. When you see um, possums or raccoons or anything like that trying to dig under, it's always right next to the fence. It's butting up to the fence, and they try to squeeze in through sure. the bottom of the fence. So I think this will kind of prevent that from happening. Um we just got to make sure that it's charged and it's, you know, on all the time, even at night. Yeah. Yeah. I think there'll be a little learning curve with that one, but I, I am very hopeful for that. I think, yeah, predators are hard. I mean, we'll, we'll probably do a whole episode on predators and homesteading. Um, and it's always, it's always balanced because, you know, some people go into it saying that they're never going to kill a predator and others go into it super excited about that side of things. And I think, you know, we just we just want to do what's going to be most effective long term. We're not opposed to any one sort of, you know, method of dealing with predators. But um, I think the electric fencing is a, a pretty cool way to deal with it because the predators seem to respect it a lot and they can go on their merry way then. Yeah. And there's other cheaper options too than the premier one. Um, I think there's a couple things that you can get at Tractor Supply to kind of build your own system, but mm-hmm. this premier one was like an all-in-one kit. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was one uh, the route that we chose to go uh, for this first one, but we're gonna try to play around with other probably cheaper options in the future. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, what's the next con? Um, I guess, I don't know if this is a con for chicken specifically, but they eat a lot, right? They do. They eat a lot, even even when they're free-ranging. Yeah. I mean, they go, our 18 birds go through a bag, a 40-pound bag of food in, I don't know, maybe like two weeks. Yeah, probably less than that even. Probably less than that. I give them a big scoop in the evening and then you give them a big scoop in the morning right yeah they pretty much have free choice food so it's it's one of those things where it's hard to tell if they're eating so much because they need it or because they just enjoy it and it's easier but yeah they eat a lot i mean if you're looking at getting chickens because you want cheaper eggs you can yeah that's not gonna happen (laughs) building a coop or buying a prefab Mm -hmm. coop and all the stuff to keep them safe from predation and oh my gosh yeah you're not going to save money and you can't sell them for very much right yeah but we can talk about later yeah but they're worth it yeah yeah that's what we keep saying <laughs> it's a lot of fun <laughs> 
He agrees. Um, I guess the last downside, actually just perfect segue there, is that the eggs and meat are not really super profitable, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe like if you do whole frozen chickens, Mm -hmm. we haven't looked into that, but I know a lot of people, a lot of farms in the area sell whole frozen chickens, and I think that is profitable. Okay. But I think you still need the quantity for it to make... to make it worthwhile because I mean you are still going out there moving the chickens every single day to mm-hmm. give them uh, more grass or whatever um, you still have to bring them food bring them water it's still like pretty manual labor heavy so I'm sure just you have to either scale your quantity or maybe you live in an area where there's not a lot of farms selling whole chickens mm-hmm. so you can charge a little bit more for organic grass-fed or whatever yeah that's the hard part because really you're not selling to just anybody you're selling to people who value the you know humanely raised organic grass-fed whatever market you're going for so i think that's harder to find in the areas that tend to have more room for like pasture-raised chickens right like i think the people who are more interested in that product tend to be more on the major metropolitan area side of things and then like it's not so much like a roadside stand thing but at the same time we i don't know we've never sold any eggs or chicken so it's kind of yeah well i mean eggs you sell what like three dollars a dozen for yeah i think the standard around our area is like four dollars a dozen but if you want to like sell them quick it's maybe like two or three dollars a dozen yeah um i don't know i still like only having 18 chickens and they don't all always lay an egg a day yeah actually that's something i wanted to add is that the notion that chickens lay an egg a day is pretty pretty far off base right depends i think if you get the egg layers like we did the um the easter eggers Mm -hmm. they had a spurt in their life yeah within the first year year and a half where they did lay an egg every single day and we were getting 12 a day right yeah yeah but not all breeds do that and it was for a very short period of time in the group's life so yeah they're definitely not doing that now because they're over three years old and they're getting kind of old for them for the laying but actually like that's what's ironic is they're actually i i think there's still doing a great job and i think part of the reason for that is because we do not uh supplement light in their coop in the winter so a lot of people will add light to the coop in the winter to kind of like trick their bodies into laying more because they think it's summer and supposedly chickens will lay a certain amount of eggs in their lifetime and that if you add that light in the coop in the winter it just sort of uses up their reserves faster so I think part of the reason why ours are still laying as well as they are at three, four years old is that we don't do that. But um, yeah, I guess it depends on if you're the kind of person who plans on buying chickens, you know, using them for one or two years for eggs and then culling them. Um, and if you're planning on doing that, then it's probably closer to one egg a day. That's not really something that we're interested in. I would rather have a bigger flock and let them free range for food to kind of offset the food costs. Um, 
instead of just feeding them just feed, right? I would rather have a bigger flock that lives longer and that lays over a longer period of time than a smaller flock that were, you know, forcing their bodies to lay faster and then culling them and then starting over. I, I think the the former is a little more closely aligned with why we're doing this in the first place, right? Yeah, definitely. The last con that I can think of and the last one that we probably have on our list and have time for today, but it's um, having other animals around your chickens, right? So mm-hmm. I guess adding to the predators, mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. to think about other dogs even. Yeah, <laughs> I can get on my soapbox. I can yeah. get on my, can yeah. so I? We, can I get on it? Oh boy. <laughs> okay, any dog, any dog breed and almost any dog can be trained to be good around chickens. That is my firm belief. Um, I know that not everyone's going to agree with that, but I, I really encourage people to seek professional help from a trainer. If you're having trouble training your dog with chickens, we did put out a YouTube video on how our dogs, how we trained our dogs around chickens, but we were babysitting dogs one week and those dogs were not trained around chickens. And it is a long process. It's not something you can just go out in one or two days and you know, they're okay. Um, so yeah, we were babysitting some dogs and, uh, they, they got into the run and unfortunately they took two of our chickens. So, yeah. So there's the only two that we lost from predation. Mm-hmm. The other one was sick, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we only lost three basically. Uh, and four. some chicks. Spits. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Then a hawk got that one. Yeah. We're pretty sure it was a hawk. Yeah. Possibly a turkey vulture. If you guys have ever seen a turkey vulture take a chicken, I've heard mixed things on if they do or not. But I think yeah. it was a turkey vulture. I don't know. Could be. We had one the other day, and I saw it from my office, and I told I told Fly, and I let him out, and mm-hmm. he saw it, and he just started barking at <laughs> the turkey vulture as it yeah. flew around trying yeah. to circle our chickens. It was totally teasing him, too. It was teasing Fly, our, our border collie. He's... Um, yeah, he was running in circles, jumping as high as he could. Yeah. Fly, <laughs> flies are really good guardian. He, they both are. Fly and Freya. They're both rescues. Yeah. They're both mutts. Um, and they both wanted to eat the chickens when we first got them. It took three solid weeks of training them to not try and eat the chickens. And once they learned that they're part of the family, they, uh, they do protect them. What's some other ones? Oh, the hawk in the backyard, right? That was another time that happened. Oh, yeah. yeah That's actually was, a funny story. <laughs> at our last house, uh, we had a window in the kitchen that faced the backyard where the chickens were most of the time. And I was like washing dishes or something. And I looked in the back and on one of our planter boxes for herbs, I saw something that I thought was a chicken. And I looked and I'm like, That's a weird looking chicken. I don't remember having one that looked like that. <laughs> and. Then my my pupils just like dilated, <laughs> like the dilated <laughs> instantly, and I knew I was like hawk, oh crap! And I I just yelled for flying Freya and mm-hmm. opened the back door, and they chased it away. They knew exactly what was going on. It was crazy. Uh, I love that. I just yeah. Sometimes when he tells that story, he's like, I just thought I don't remember have a spot having a spotted chicken. Yeah, but like that's normal. Like nope, Kathleen's doing her <laughs> thing yeah. again with the chickens. There's another oh, one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, it, it, it pays off to train the dogs. I definitely, some dogs are harder than others. Right. But, um, I think that's one of the saddest myths that is perpetrated in kind of the more old school side of homesteading is that, 
Um, you can't teach a new or an old dog. Yeah, it's like that whole mentality, or <laughs> or or this idea that once a dog um, eats a chicken, it can't like it supposedly gets a taste of blood and it can't be trained out of it. It's so not true. Yeah, you put the fear of God in. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that poor he dog. Never, he never went. Next <laughs> he to doesn't the go chicken near again. the chickens yeah. now. <laughs> Not um, that you beat him or anything. No, no. But, but he, I mean, that he, dog he is, bad. He's, he's a sensitive dog in the first place. I mean, they're just being dogs. Yeah. yeah, he's got strong emotions. So he felt horrible when, oh man, when I started crying. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Anyways, um, uh, so that's my soapbox on that. If, if you don't know how to train your dog around chickens, uh, we have the YouTube video, which is kind of a starter, but don't be afraid to seek professional help. That's, all, that's what I've got to say about that. Okay. I got to stand up for the puppies here. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions about uh, starting chicks, raising chickens, groups or resources um, to look for chickens uh, and chicken information, <laughs> um, you can always check out our YouTube channel, uh, DM us on Instagram. But I would say the best resource is probably if you guys can find like a chicken feed mill in your area. Mm. Uh, we have one kind of close to us that does um, hatch chicks and they sell feed. Mm -hmm. um, they're always a good resource. Um, yeah, and then local groups to your area. Yeah, and if there's any specific chicken topics that you guys want us to delve into on the podcast, obviously we have a lot of chicken videos on our channel. But, you know, a lot of times you guys will give us ideas for things and uh, they're, they're a lot better than the ideas that we have a lot of times. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, so as far as the homestead goes right now, we're going to be trying to push out podcasts, putting out um, more YouTube content as well and Instagram content. Um, but we're kind of stuck in the very beginning stages mm. of building the house. So yeah. we don't have a ton to update on that we're still waiting to get our uh, floor plan back and our engineered stamp plans so we can begin just getting bids from contractors mm -hmm. to start the house so i'm hoping we get these plans within a few weeks hopefully less than three months um, <laughs> then we can hopefully start building and updating more on on how the house is going and and how we're going to be building the house. For I sure. think there's some really cool content that we're going to be able to put out and um, some unique content that I haven't really seen anybody do before, at least content on this type of house. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast, uh, be sure to hit that follow button. If you're listening on Spotify, I don't know what you hit if you're listening on <laughs> iTunes or <laughs> Apple Podcasts or whatever, but it, it, it is available there now. Yeah. And hit follow on Stitcher, uh, follow us on Instagram and YouTube, um, and let us know what you guys think about the podcast and if you guys have any uh, questions or podcast or content ideas let us know what you guys want to see and we will do our best to get that out to you thanks for listening guys we will oh i guess we won't see you next time we will hear you next time <laughs> you will hear us next we time we will speak at you next time <laughs> see you guys <laughs>